back to behind the restaurant. Holy crap, we have consistency. We have another pod, and it hasn't taken more or less time than it needs to. It's taken the right amount of time. So, which direction do we go with this week's pod? Well, you know, I was thinking, why not delve in to the underbelly of food and beverage? The side of it, which all of you kind of expect. Yeah, that's, that's not a lie. If you come to this podcast and you're wanting a behind the restaurant, you're definitely thinking about the sex and the drugs that happen in it. And I know that you're wondering which direction we're going to take that. And I thought, why not? Come on, let, let's have a little conversation about what truly happens behind restaurant doors and how much they hate open kitchen concepts because they can't hide any of their bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. So, when I say sex and drugs, I'm being generic because it doesn't mean that everybody does sex and everybody does drugs. It means that it happens 97% of the time, but that 3%, it's, it's, you know, that's hate. Pure and utter hatred of each other that a lot of these people who work in the industry together have for one another. And also a lot of jealousy. I think jealousy is another 100%, bringing the total to 200%. But that's beside the point. And that depends on what kind of system is built around. So, where should we start? You want to start with the drugs? Okay, let's start with the drugs. When you think about restaurant, what pops into your head? Smoking should be one. B should be alcohol. And C should be a smattering of other things depending on who the person is. It's no other way of putting it. Smoking, you know, there are built-in smoke breaks that are required because people smoke so much in the industry. The restaurants are required to have and allow to have smoke breaks because people do it so often. Five minutes here, five minutes there. That's where the five-minute break mandatory that's necessary every hour of work because of people who smoke. To think that the industry could be so affected by one substance that that they have made it so that there is a required break in each hour that's not a busy hour for a person to have five minutes. Simple as that. And that's not even in the 30 minutes of break that you are demanded to have every six hours. So, you get five minutes every hour that's not during busy time. Busy times are considered 12 to 2, and um, dinner is 6 to 8. No, you are not required to allow your employee to have a smoke break or to even have a break between those times. Because simply put, those are what you consider to be your hectic moments and your hectic times, and your employees are hired for those moments. Simple as that. But smoking has is such a dominant thing that (laughs) we, as a system of laws, when considering how people get breaks, worked in having people get five-minute breaks just to be able to go outside and smoke. That's the only reason that all those five-minute breaks are there. That's the only reason that they're allowed to be there. Because employees have always needed five minutes to go smoke. 
you know, so that one as a drug, that one's a given. It's, I would put it at 70% of the industry smokes. It's not even low. It's nowhere near low. And the smoking has changed. When I first started, which was early 2000s, you know, smoking was cigarettes. That's what was smoke. A smoke break was a bunch of guys going out to get cigarettes or, you know, the line guys or a multitude of these people going out to get cigarettes. But smoking has changed in the last five years, I would say, the most. Because it used to be that those who smoked cigarettes, they smoked, and it was fine, and it was all of that. But they didn't do anything else while on the clock. It's become that in the last five years, there are more restaurant workers who are sneaking weed or something into their cigarettes so they could get high while on the clock and not be, you know viewed as smoking weed on the clock, they're hiding things in the cigarettes, in the form of it. And it's like, that's become the new trend. That's become the smoking of the new generation of restaurants. And I'm not breaking any code by saying that this is what's happening. It's just like, this is what's out there. If you're working in the industry, you're seeing this. And if you don't like the fact that I'm speaking about it, well, hey, bye, don't listen. I don't care. This is the truth of what's happening. And it's like, if we don't get this out there, then what, what good is any of it? But that's not the point. It's like, this is what people need in a relief, in a way. Like, this industry is not easy. There's a lot of it that's complicated and annoying and frustrating and irritating and, and just overall time-consuming. And I understand the need that people have to get that release so that they're not, you know, going crazy. And, and if they're smoking weed in order to do so, then screw it. Have fun. Go ahead. I had no judgment for anybody on my clock who did. Because I had no care whether they did it or not. As long as when they were in my clock, they worked as they were supposed to. And they did. So when you're doing it and it's not affecting what you're doing day in and day out. And I don't have to worry about you as much. Then I don't care. Like, fuck. Go do some crack. Like, have fun with it. Really, I'm not going to go crazy over it. But the issue is becoming is it's the hiding of it. It's the, the, the way that things are just, you know, trying to be controlled by the upper management. Me as just a regular manager, it isn't the same. Me saying I don't care if, <laughs> if my company heard that, bam, boom, gone. What? You didn't care? He was on the clock smoking while dealing with customers. Yeah, most of these customers are coming in high. Your point? Like, they're, they're, they know how to talk to each other. Oh, that shit right there is banging when you're this hot. They're going to know to tell each other the things that are best to have at those moments. And trust me, those customers are going to buy more of it. It's just a natural progression on how to sell. Now that you're smoking along the same way as the customers who are smoking, then guess what? You're going to know how to talk to each other in that way. There are some companies that are specifically designed for the simple idea that they know that their customers smoke. They're, you know, I worked at a chicken spot. This chicken spot sold fried chicken. Yes, it was busy and it sold and it did well during the day, but they stayed open till 12, one o'clock in the morning. You can't tell me that you weren't trying to hit the drunk and the high clientele. If you're staying open that late in certain areas, then there's a certain type of people that you're expecting to come in and they're going to be a little bit of a little bit of intoxication with either a smoke or a drink. And you're expecting to sell to them. 
if your staff does some of the things that they do and they recommend certain things, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be looked at like, oh, okay, they understand me. But you can't tell me the restaurants haven't been, it's been years of restaurants being designed like this. Yo, insomnia cookies, don't lie to me. You're open till 3 o'clock in the goddamn morning selling cookies. Your ass is designed to be a munchies for somebody. That's what your whole point is. Don't come at me and tell me that that's not what you're thinking of doing. That's not the reason you did it. The whole reason that you're you're there is because you're expecting somebody to be so drunk and so high... At 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, that they'll come to your place and go like, can I get 15 chocolate chips? Whew. Is that enough? Is that enough? And then your your employer will be like, that's enough. You did good. Because they'll under it's a language that they'll understand. It's the same way that in fine dining, the server understanding how to speak to the client who's sitting in front of them, they're delivering the same type of thing, if you think about it. If you think about it, now, this is not to say that it's a good idea to have employees always fully intoxicated. It's a good idea to have employees that know and understand what intoxication is, but who have also some restraint when they're working. And that's that's true. There's a balance there. There should be. You should expect some form of balance. Everything works in balance. And if you don't have everything working in balance, then you're not doing the right thing at all. But... You know, drugs, what other part? Do we even have to talk about alcohol? The amount of chefs who are alcoholics or drunks is 9 out of every 10. That is a guaranteed fact. 9 out of every 10 drink more than they should and drink more often than they should. And there are plenty of times that they don't come in saying they're sick when they're only hungover. And there are plenty of times that I have had employees come in who were drunk out of their mind. Being drunk and being an alcoholic and being those things in the restaurant industry, it's like saying, hey, can you prepare some chicken nuggets today? Yeah, I can do that. Because almost every menu at every place you go to has chicken nuggets as an option. Because the kids love it and there's no other way around it. Yeah, you know, just the way it works. Now, the thing about the drunks is the things you have to be careful of. The hangover ones are the ones that you get frustrated and annoyed by the most. Because these are the ones that you're looking at going, oh my God, why did you come to work today? Fine, I didn't want you to call out, but at the same time, I don't want your ass burning yourself because you can't stand up because you have a headache from everything you drank the night before please don't don't come to work hungover just don't do it it's like you're not supposed to come to work you know sick don't come to work hungover stop it go home take the day recover and come to work the next day don't give me that bullshit that oh i'll be all right no you're you're gone dude You are barely able to hold up anything that's in front of you. Don't give me the bull that you'll be alright. It doesn't work. Now, why? Your question is to, why are they getting so drunk? Like, why is this happening? What's going on here? Well, there's a multitude of reasons for this. I think one of the bigger ones, when you're looking at front of the house people, when you're looking at servers and counter people and 
people who deal with customers, this is a relief. Like, you're getting away from dealing with the stupid questions. Oh, is that what's on it? Yes. Can I get Alfredo without cheese? You mean without the extra Parmesan cheese? No, no, no. I want Alfredo with no cheese. You do understand that Alfredo sauce is cheese, right? I know, but can you do it without cheese? Do you want tomato sauce instead? Oh, you know, that would be good. Can I get pasta with tomato sauce? Okay, so you want a pomodoro. Yeah. But can you give me the pasta that's long and straight? Okay, so you want a linguine pomodoro. Oh, sure, yeah, that works. No cheese, right? Jesus Christ Almighty. And that's why we drink. Those are some of the reasons why employees end up drinking, especially if you're the front dealing with customers. If you're in the back, it's dealing with bosses. It's dealing with the the rudimentary, the, the, oh my God, I'm doing this again, and again, and again, and again, oh, five straight days of doing the same thing, because that's my prep list. That's what I need to get done today, and that's what's on my prep, and that's when it has to be done. Like, that's... The back of the house is just so much over and over and over and over and over. And if they're the chefs, it's just the nature of having to do so many things, so many orders to get ready, so much stuff to get done, so many things that have to be consistently gotten through. It's like, oh my God, I drink because I am tired. And that's true. It's the same people, it's the same reasoning why people do weed. It's like, it's a relief. You want to get past what's going on through the day and not have to deal with that anymore. It's just, oh, thank you. This is over. Can I get a shot of tequila or whiskey or vodka? Anything that will get rid of the day. Just don't come into work hungover, you sorry sons of bitches. And, you know, but that's the restaurant industry. That's the craziness. That's just the insane part of all of it. Because it's just these two things that create a dynamic that's unbelievable. With that, it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to think that in an industry that's been around as long as it has, Alcoholism has been a part of it forever. Smoking has been a part of it forever. But these things are not hindrances to the way people work. They're actually things to consider as pluses. Because if they don't have them, that's where things go wrong and things go bad. It, I hate to say it. There's no other way to put it. Without these things and being some form of relief and release, then, oh, it would be bad. Very, very bad. It's just, it's it's kind of insane to think how bad this could be if there wasn't some way of escapism. Because there's plenty of things that people do. That leads us into the next part of this. Because drugs and alcohol and smoking and anything else, cocaine, heroin, anything else that people do for relief in those moments when they're working in the restaurant industry are normal things that happen. Now, the other part of the normal things that happen are the things that we spoke about. The sex. How is that broken down in the industry? 
Well, it depends. There are a lot of different levels. And as we have come to know in the last 15 years, certain levels are not good at all. They're actually very, 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 very bad. Management sleeping with staff is a form of power that is used against staff in a way that sometimes even the managers don't realize that they're using it in that manner. The fact that it happens so often is a sick thing to truly think about because it has happened a lot and it doesn't matter where you've worked. It, it, it happens. There are management who consider them, especially male management. I'm sorry, there's no other way of looking at this. We're talking about that at the moment. Because in this industry, the percentage of male managers, general managers, and assistant managers is higher than the percentage of female. So because of that, the history of this is more layered in the men in power versus the women in power. Would it eventually balance out the same way if you gave women the same amount of power for the same amount of time? Probably, because all these things balance out long term. But because we don't have the information of how women would do as much and as longer in these positions, we can't speak to that as much. And as a guy, I can't speak to that as much either, because it's not like I ever had too many women over me with power. It was mostly men, or I was the one in power, and things like that. Now, mind you, I will qualify, I never ever put myself in a position for that to happen simply because I found it to be a bad thing especially with the people above me who I noticed were in those positions to put himself in those kind of situations and there are a plethora of stories of how those things go and how they end up working out and I think I'll save that for a later pod the in-depth of one situation and laying out the whole scope of it because I think it deserves its own place and its own speaking and its own conversation. But for right now, just the overall nature of sex and the dynamic it has in the ranchisterone industry is crazy. Here how, here's how it works. Managers and female employees in a lower position, counter staff, um people who handle cash, even servers and managers, have been known to cause themselves interactions of the sexual nature. Servers and chefs have been known to put themselves in those situations. Chefs have a higher tendency of ending up in those situations with servers than almost any other portion of the restaurant industry. It's just the nature of it because food can be interpreted as a very sexual in very, you know, good way of bringing someone close. So because of that, a chef has a higher nature to end up doing something and saying something, and they already have a higher nature as it is to be a little bit sexually more explicit than any other position. In saying all of this, I think about the Me Too movement and everything that's happened with regards to that, and I find myself looking at all of those things, I'm going like, Yo, the shit that could be brought upon the restaurant industry with the Me Too movement fully taking over would be bonkers. Because there are so many stories that could be said, could be told, that have been passed down, spoken about, so many situations that 
just there's a lot. The Me Too went a lot uh, above and beyond a lot of corporate dynamics and attacked a lot of industries with that were more, you know, employee based in that way. But if the restaurant industry ever decided, especially the women in the restaurant industry, decided to make their voices heard in the same way, the amount of shit that would come down on so many restaurateurs, on so many owners, on so many general managers would be crazy. And I'm not saying all of this to say that I know the stories and I could speak out for someone. No, because first of all, that's not something you should do. You shouldn't speak out for somebody else and tell their story for them. It's not appropriate. It's not right. It's not the appropriate matter of doing anything. So what I am actually trying to say is that there's so much bullshit layered with the restaurant industry in so many other avenues in the way they pay their staff, in the way that they do their business, in the way that they buy their products, in the way that they put their products together. There's so much bullshit there that you could only imagine from the bullshit that you don't know of what has happened with employees, with staff, with different people at different positions at different moments in different concepts and restaurants and all these things that for to have it be come out, to have it be spoken about would destroy the industry to its core and would force it to have to rebuild in a manner that they haven't had to do ever. I think until the pandemic, the restaurant industry hasn't had to forcibly try to change itself as much as it has with the pandemic. But that was systems and profit and, you know, delivery of concept. When I say what a Me Too movement for the restaurant industry could do, I'm speaking simply to the idea that if all employees, male and female, because there's a lot of male that could probably come out and say something too, if all employees decided to come out and speak and address and name names and put people out there and front face them and and have them have to deal with what's coming at them, it would be one of the most crazy movements that you probably had ever seen because of the nature of how many people work in the industry. Now, mind you, when I say all of this, I'm not talking about those who did these things consensually. No. I'm talking about people who felt forced to do something with someone they didn't want to, but who weren't physically forced. They were The gun that was held to their head was something that in your mind can be worse than actually being held down and being having this done. It's one that affects your livelihood and your well-being and your continued success. Because if you actually want to be in the industry... Having someone tell you that they can progress you if you give them this, or they can help you move forward if you give them this, if you perform this act, if you do this with... Those things can sometimes affect the mind and the mentality of people in a way that would be bigger and crazier than anything else. 
Because it is... It's unbelievable on how easy some management staff and owners have made it look to hurt people without physically hurting them. And putting them into situations where they felt they had no other alternative but to do what it is you asked of them. And yeah, that's a thing that has happened in in a lot of other industries. And that's a thing that has happened in a lot of other reveals with regards to the Me Too movement. That you have to really consider is, let's take a profession that has just as many people working in it as almost any other profession in the world. Look, we just saw the upheaval of the sexual misconduct accusations at a McDonald's. Imagine if you took that to another scale and spread that out throughout the country. Had people speaking out about things like that. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people calling bullshit, but... After you hear enough stories, and they sound similar, and they're coming across almost in the same manner, and people start getting named, fuck it, you're gonna get screwed. Like, the industry as a whole, complete 180 from everything it had done before. Complete readjustment to what it had been prior to any of that. It would be a shift that that I don't think they know how to make, in all honesty. I don't believe that this industry knows how to make the necessary shifts that would be appropriate for it to be successful on the other side of this. And I don't think it would want to because you're talking about you can't take these kind of things away from people. What you could do is not go and boycott going and buying stuff and that would technically take it away. But it's not like removing them as a CEO. Someone who owns a restaurant, they own the restaurant whether you like them or not. That has no determining factor as to whether or not they own the restaurant. A CEO is someone that gets hired for a position and is put into a position of power. A restaurant owner, a restaurateur, that's someone who has put their own position of power into the restaurant. That's a different thing. Yeah, you could destroy them by having everyone not go to their concept. But honestly, there are a lot of things that have proven that people won't care. If the food is good enough, they won't give a crap how much bullshit the concept has done. As long as it hasn't done it to them. It's just the way it works. But I still think that a movement like that from the restaurant industry could hold a lot of weight and could do things in a way that and adjust things in a way that haven't been done and haven't had to be adjusted in a long time. But I say that to say there's a lot of sex in the restaurant industry. There's a lot of movement because of it. There's a lot of just unbridled energy with it. You got to think, a lot of people who are coming into the industry are young. They're just into college. They're just out of high school. Hormones are up and going crazy. The ranges of partners is crazy because you'll have bartenders who are 40-year-old, dating servers who are 19-year-old. It's just, 
there is a multitude in the spectrum of the rainbow in how these things end up breaking down and happening. And it's, it's a part of the industry. Sad to say, some of it is very, very, very bad. But some of it is just the nature of the industry. When two people get together and sleep together, if they're doing it out of their own choice and there isn't a manager holding holding over a position, guess what? It's just the way it works. The problem is when those things combine into these people working together and it didn't go well, oh, Jesus, all hell breaks loose. Like, oh, my God, what do I do with my life? Like, I think the worst thing for a manager is finding out two employees are sleeping together and then having to... And finding out that it didn't work and then having to schedule them together because they're two of your best employees. Oh my God. The annoyance that comes with that. The the way... Oh, there's just so much... to There's so much complication for that and there's so much that goes into that headache that you're kind of screwed. At the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is one of the two employees will either quit or get fired. That's just, there's no way around that. And there's nothing ever amicable about the situation. Nothing. They never come back to it. If, if, if it exploded and went bad, it's never going good again. Oh, and they will hate each other for the rest of time. So, <sighs> It's just, it, it's a shitstorm. You don't, you want to set up a mandate where employees, you cannot fraternize with other employees. That's going to work for a week. Once the employee is there for a week, that shit is done. <laughs> it's over. Something's going to happen with whomever it's going to happen with. And that'll be what it'll be. And you as a manager will sit there going like, didn't they write a policy where you mother can't sleep with each other? Does anybody listen to anything? And of course, we're going to come out to find out that they don't. Because if they did, trust me, the place would be running a lot better. It's just the nature of it. So, this has been my special episode into sex, drugs. Sex and drugs in the restaurant industry. Yeah, it's a quick hitter. Hitter, quitter. And that's where the problems come in, the hitter, quitters. No, but... There's a lot of fun to the industry. There's a lot of good things to the industry. There's also a lot of crazy shit to the industry. And this just happens to be some of the crazy shit. So, I'll see you guys on the next one. I appreciate anyone and everyone that has listened, that is listening, that will listen. Thank you. See you next time. Peace!